Yo, yo, yo. There it is. What's up, guys? John Shelley. Hello. How you doing? Hello. All right, man. Yep, we're here. We Again. We go. We here at Gravy Baby. <clears throat> how was uh? How was your weekend, man? Oh, it was quick. It was quick, man. Like always, right back to work. What weekend? Right. I thought we started on the weekend. We left <laughs> off with no weekend. <laughs> yeah, man. We had a uh, we had a pretty big bike show this weekend. Um, it's every year. It's a pretty big deal here in uh, North Dakota. So we had a good time, man. A bunch of bikers got together and you know looked at nice bikes and food and drinks and yep, it's a good weekend. Yeah. How's the uh, how, how's the weather up there? Uh well, there's still a lot of snow on the ground. We're looking at um, it was like almost thirty today, so it was kind of warm. Oh man, that's not bad. That's just one. I think that's barbecue weather up there. Uh, oh, uh, twenties barbecue weather. Right. Y'all crazy at y'all, man. <laughs> the only thing is gonna be barbecuing is me when I'm in the house with the heat on. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember. I remember being up there, man, and like. I think it was like in the 15, 20s, you know, people out there barbecuing and stuff. But yeah, here, man, it gets like. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, that, I'm telling you, man, that place. I think when I was up there, it was like the coldest with the wind chill was like negative 60 or something like that. Right. Man. Sounds like Chicago. Yeah. But yeah. All right, so what are we talking well, about today, boys? Well, this is it, man, episode 14 already. This is it. Fourteen going strong, my boy. Yeah, I know. I I think we're doing better, man, with uh actually posting every week if we can. It's getting better, man. The numbers are getting better. It seems like we're getting more people to to listen and I think a couple more countries actually tuned in too, man. Germany. Alright. Something's gotta happen, man. We need to we need to start making some money. No. Good luck. Uh, I mean, the only way. <laughs> I mean, this is not a uh, this is not a full time job. You know, we we still hustling a, a full time job and a family. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. But the goal, the goal is to make this a full time job if we can somehow that swing is it. Absolutely, the goal. That is the goal, man. That's the goal in life. I need to wake up and just log in and talk on the podcast. Start. Sounds like a plan to me. So anybody yeah, out there want to donate a million dollars? Anybody. Anybody. <laughs> a million? A million. Yeah. For now. But yeah. <clears throat> but if you want to get started, man, uh we uh I don't know. I, I get bored, man. Mostly and I tune into Netflix a lot, man, so I found a documentary. Uh it was called Flint Town. So I think Evan, I think you you watched a couple episodes, right? Yep, sure did. And uh, yeah. I know that that's pretty much close to home for you. So I mean, I'll let you start in on what you thought about it. Okay. Well, I think um, it's one. I, I didn't expect it to be what it was. I thought there's a movie called Flint, and then there's that documentary called Flint Town. The movie is basically about the water and stuff, and then the Flint Town just about the everyday life in uh, Flint. And <clears throat> being from Detroit. You know, when I was growing up, I was like in the 90s, it was Detroit was the murder capital, and then Flint was like number two, you know, and, and Flint is small compared to Detroit, so that's, you know, it's a big deal. Um, I never went to Flint, really. Like, I've been maybe three or four times total in my life, and I was from Detroit, so they got to say something. But mm-hmm. I think with that with that city, it's just like every other city, you know. It's the economy and the uh, – and, and the whole social dynamics there is just all messed up, and it's just going to breed crime. And that's how that's how it's working. And the underfunded police department—that's a big, big deal, especially for a place like Flint. You know, they got nine cars on the road trying to police fifty thousand people. That's not—that's not going to work. No, no, <laughs> not at all. So, right. did you see? Uh, I, think, I, think, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you got. It. No, I was just going to say, I think it was like the first episode or the second, 
it might have been the first where she responded to that guy and I guess he got assaulted at his house and it was like 27 hours after he got assaulted. Right. Right. I mean, imagine that like in a bit, I mean, I don't see how that's even possible for, you know, a call to nine one one, and then 27 hours later, someone shows up on scene. Like, Oh man, you got beat up yesterday. Like, yeah, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> we got towns like that in Chicago. Actually, they have cities that separate you in Chicago. Well, little towns, I say, counties. Mm-hmm. That uh, downtown city of Chicago, they barely got any cops for the amount of crime that happens. Like, literally, the cops can go to bed. Like, you, you can go to bed, turn around, wake up, same dude that just got out of jail, just killed like 17 people. So, you know, you, you really can't stop crime from happening. You know, you can try to prevent it. But unless you got, like, around-the-clock people, mm-hmm. and nobody want to do that job. Based off, you know, the crime rate and, you know, the pay, and they and then they land people off and it's just crazy. Right. So and that's I think I think that's what really I thought it was gonna be kind of a one sided documentary, but like I thought it hit, you know, both sides. Like it showed every aspect of I don't know, community policing. Like they were underfunded, politics came to play, uh, you know, race, poverty, the whole the whole spectrum. Sure did. Yeah, so I think another part, I don't know. (laughs) Right? Yeah, and that could be pretty much any inner city man in America probably looks like that. Yeah, every inner city. Like passing Mm -hmm. with the best problem. Yeah, yeah, they try. Exactly, man. I mean, they're doing their best, but I mean, that, that really, to see that many patrolmen on the road, you know, and that many people in the city, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. You, you know, I think the one, right, I think the one shift, like, they were showing they were about to get on shift, and they had, like, 50 calls that were on standby, you know, just waiting for them to uh, right. to respond to, man, and some of them were, like, shots fired, freaking domestic, I mean, and you can't, I mean, right. they have to rack and stack, prioritize, like, you know, what's important, what's not important, like, that domestic can turn into, you know, something deadly, or, uh, I don't right. know, it's crazy. Definitely it shots is. fired in the prior election. Right, right, right. Well, no, I understand. Yeah, but shot, shots fired in, in Detroit is nothing, man. It's like, yeah, you got gunshots over here. Anybody hurt? No. Okay. Right. That That's pretty much how it goes. Um, with these domestics, you know, you can have a call for a domestic, and if you don't get there, I mean, if nothing happens then, the next time it happens, the dude's like, ain't shit happening to me now. So you call the police, bitch, I'm going to kill you this time, and they ain't going to come. <laughs> right. But I'll uh, hold on one second, man. I think we got uh, someone calling in here. That's, all, That's one of my boys. He's calling in to listen. Oh, he's just calling in. All right. All right. Let me. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's just listening? Yep. All right. Yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I think anybody that has issues with, uh, you know, law enforcement or the inner city should probably watch this documentary because. Like I said, man, I think it covers both topics pretty well. Well, a lot of people yeah. don't even like the movie, so they just like they don't really care anyway. So, you know. well, that, that's right. true. But then, and when you look at when you look at a documentary like that, you actually see the human side of, of a cop. Like this, is, these aren't people that got all the power in the world and they just impose their will. It's not like that. I mean, these guys are under resourced. They're underfunded. They're they're undermanned. And they got to come to work with all that stress every single day. And that type of stuff, that contributes to how they treat perpetrators and people who are even innocent. So, like, yeah. you know what's funny, though? A lot of people say they don't like the cops, but then, you know, I always ask them, what if there was no cops? Who would you call when you need help? They used to do. Because I'm going to tell you what, your best friend ain't going to go over there and shoot nobody for you. Your best friend ain't going to go over there and protect you. They're going to no crib and get you up out of there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Don't call me for no situation where you need the police and as much you hate the police. So it's fuck the, it's right. fuck the popo, and then when you call 911, it's like, damn, you ain't going to help me? So right. I don't right. ever get that part. No, and, and, and I, I, I mean, you've seen like that. Most of them, you know, grew up or, you know, as a kid wanted to be in law enforcement, man. That was like their goal or their dream to work in that field and uh, to see them doing what they love, man, and, for the amount of money they make and, you know, always 
they were always fearful of uh, getting laid off, man, pretty much the whole time I was watching the episode or the documentary. Yeah, right. I, I think the one guy True. in 14 years was laid off three times, you know, and he's got to worry about his family. I mean, working those long hours and right. it just, yeah. I don't That's see why. Move, yeah, but I mean, that could happen to the next, you know, the next city you move to or, I mean, it just doesn't make sense, man. And the one the one guy said, you know, he was like, yeah, I can, you know, I can write a citation or tow nine of these people's cars, families' cars and stuff, but do I want to do that? You know, that's hurting their income. And, I mean, it's like a never-ending cycle, man. Right. That's true. But, I don't know. I saw also inside the documentary where a lot of people had their, like one guy had their mama working with him as a police department. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, so what? I mean, what if one, what if both of y'all get laid off? They all screw you. I'll be homeless police officers. I'm like, no sense. No sense at all, man. That's what I feel like now. Homeless damn officers. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, <laughs> man. No damn sense. How you going to tell they, somebody to work for you and they ain't going to pay them to risk their life? I don't get it. I think they right. fail to realize that you ask, actually put your life on the line when you go out there to protect other people. And then they say, oh, well, you don't do nothing. Well, the fact is, it don't matter if I ain't doing nothing. At any point, I can lose my life. That's, that's what you pay right. me for. You pay right. me for the amount of tickets I wrote. You pay me for me risking my life to put my life in the line for somebody else. That's what you and pay that, me for. Hey, 100%, man. And that's what I'm saying about walking my shoes. Like, the ones making the, the decisions at the top, man, they don't have to suit up and, and do this exactly. job. So it doesn't... I mean, until you, you know, grab a gun and a badge and do what we do, then, you know, how can you say how much I need to make or the amount of funding that you're going to give me, you know? How the hell can you make more to me? You're just typing in some damn letters. I don't even, right. <laughs> you don't even do it. Dude, I would love for any <laughs> one of these politicians to have to make a, a warrant warrant arrest or something, you know? Like, go serve a warrant one day and see, you know, or... Shake it uh, <laughs> Exactly. We, we, then you're gonna we, tell- we already got those. <laughs> where you know the police officer shaking and they can tell you scared they're just gonna take advantage of you dude that's when they're about to run on you or try to hit you man when they I mean you're shaking yeah. they know you're shaking trying to handcuff them I mean come on man I don't get it for no. what a pension and that's all you get at the end of the day is a pension but I mean dude if you did that for 30 that. years right <laughs> exactly but, yeah, I mean, even at one point, the chief of police in that department was like, hey, we got to do something to make some money. So they started selling the uh, the weapons and the firearms that they confiscated. Right. And, and that's uh, a bad yeah. move. Right. But imagine being in that predicament, man. That, like, you know, you, you're a leader, and you got to make those kind of decisions. Like, hey, this gun probably killed a bunch of people, man, but I'm going to have to sell it back exactly. out to the community just to fund. Right. <laughs> My police officers, man. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. So we, we see the yeah. problem. You know, the problem is, is the system is really, really flawed. So mm-hmm. we can't we can't expect human beings as police officers to be able to do everything just within their own power. That, that, that's just not that's not cool. That's going to breed that whole attitude of aggression because they're already stressed out and mad. You, you got somebody burnt out working six days a week underfunded, they don't get back up from the government as far as, you know, the type of things they need, and they come across somebody that's going to ruin their day, they're going to fuck somebody up just to get that aggression out. And mm-hmm. it's all, it all it's back to the system, man. <clears throat> right. And I think, like I was saying in this episode, man, to like to see, you know, what law enforcement deals with, man, is like, you know, it's not just you know, the interactions with the community, it's the politics, man. The politics affect our everything, our whole life. So, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think politicians should be officers first before they get to that step, to, you know, be able to control the lives of many people and they have no idea what's going on. Right. I agree, man. You know, it's like I don't think nowadays there's someone who's came up or come up through the ranks. You know, it's usually like an outside hire or something like that that gets to call the shots and they don't really know what the day-to-day operations look like or how it is to work, 
you know, in in your field or something. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. know. What do you guys think that we do right as far as uh, community policing, man? Do you think, what are the good parts that you guys have seen? Yeah, like, uh, you know, just how law enforcement interacts or how they should interact or what they do right as far as uh, police in the community they serve. I think uh, some of them, like when we talk about domestic situations, actually turn around the situation. Because nowadays you can't just, like, um, take somebody's word for it. So I think they do a lot more mediating than they used to have to instead of being like, Mm -hmm. oh, he hit you? All right, let's go to jail. (laughs) It is what it is. Now I think they actually talk to both parties and I see they realize that some girls be making accusations that ain't even true. She gets she can go in there and beat her damn self up and say, you know, domestic violence versus you sitting down talking to the people and then realizing what the actual situation is. I think they actually get more mediated than what they actually used to. Right. Um, I think uh with community policing we have um the what departments used to do was they would not keep the same officers in the area. Um, just so that they're not corrupted or you know things like that, but I think that's kind of that's kind of retroactive. You gotta you gotta go have somebody that they trust that they see every day or every other day, and they can trust to call on because I think that way when they call the police and say, you know what, man, I like this cop. He's gonna make sure we're taken care of, and that'll probably make a better relationship between them and all the police officers in the uh, neighborhood. I think that's a good thing that some cities do, like Detroit. I see, I used to see the same cops all the time because they they had the yeah. same uh, the same neighborhood. So I liked it because I knew some of them. Like, you know, it's a good guy, and I ain't got to worry about getting frisked for no reason. But somebody new rolled right. up. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know this cat. You know, make you want to run for no reason. Mm-hmm. Fast. I think cops in general intimidate people. Just they, I, I could be driving and I'd be on the same side of the people, and I'm still like, damn, am I about to get a ticket or what? <laughs> like, was I going too fast? What the hell was I doing? <laughs> so I don't think it's just you know the same cop issue. That could be depending on how assholeish the person is. Because cops ain't always right. good either, you know. The assholes as well. But right. you know. I think their job turns them into being an asshole. It's not some of them start off that way because you know they were bullied in high school and all that BS. You know that's real. I mean, most people got their position just to be paid back to society, versus actually, you know, I think I'm fit for this job. Let me get it. I don't know. I think some people. Right. Yeah. You saw the uh, you saw the officers from Baltimore that were all arrested for putting those fake or whatever they were doing with the little weapons. Guns? No, I didn't see that. They were putting, they were planting guns on people. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I think seven, seven of them were indicted on it, and you know, out of the seven, I think four of them were black officers too. So it just ain't, you know, <laughs> just ain't white cops, man. It's kind of cops in general that when they have right. that, that, you know, even with good old boy clubs, you know, mm-hmm. they want to. It, it just yeah, you protect. Man. Yeah, it's a corrupt. Yeah, corruption, and you protect. Stand, stand you know, <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be the snitch, man, or the. I mean, it's understandable because, I mean, they see a lot of shit together, man. It's like a family. But would you want to call out your family? It's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. man. It's not right what they're doing, but <laughs> I can see why people wouldn't tell on each other. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think. Also in the documentary, man, one of the guys said, like, you know, the first five years of you being a cop is, you know, you're a rookie, you're trying to figure it all out. And, like, the rest of the time you figure out how shitty this system is, man. That's yeah. true. You know? Like, you're so naive when you first start off, man, you think you're saving the world, and then you kind of figure out, like, hey, man, the system's rigged, and really ain't nothing you can really do about it. You're just out there doing your job after that. I just sent the uh, a pic to y'all too about what I was talking about. Let me check it out. (laughs) 
You know, they had a big mm. thing like this in Pasco where they had uh, a lot of racial officers, basically. They had a lot of KKK members inside the police department. So that happened in Pasco. Yeah. Y'all see that picture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So it's, it's five of the seven are black officers, and they uh, the first dude ain't got no upper lip. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's because he's so mad. That's why. He's been mad his whole life. Sorry, Jackson's up a lip, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's a good wow. a good point, man. Like, you know, the, the, the racial undertone and stuff like that, man. Like, I mean, it's good to see that it sometimes it's just the, like you said, man, the thin blue line or, you know, you protect your own. Right. People try to. Right. I don't know, man. I just thought it was good to see, like, the inner city, well, man. And there's a lot of things, like, I saw in there. I was like, damn, it's just so crazy. Like, the mindset, man. There was one one of the episodes, like, two kids got shot at their parents' house, man. And the one kid was laying on the floor, and the cop was, like, over him, telling him, hey, man, just stay down. You're going to be all right. And, you know, he got shot, I think, he either in the arm or the chest. And the other kid got shot in the chest. And them two were, like, high-fiving each other and stuff. Yeah, man, you're a soldier, bro. Like, I mean, that's a crazy mentality to think, you know? Like, first of all, you just got your whole family shot up. And then second, you're, like, kind of proud about it. I mean, it's it's weird to see. (laughs) But I don't live in their shoes, man. Like, I don't know what they do on a day-to-day basis, man. And I can't, you know, I empathize, man. Like, I couldn't think. Like, I couldn't imagine having to live like that. I don't think people realize what people do. I think what people should do is actually research something before they talk about it. Because a lot of people right. talk about a lot of things they don't even know about. <laughs> like EBT exactly. cards and damn Hennessy. How the hell are you going to do that? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> me neither. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that easy. I didn't know. But I go find me somebody on EBT right now. I've been trying to pay for my own Hennessy all the time. I've been lost. <laughs> this, this whole time, man. My mom, could have. <laughs> she could have got me Hennessy back know. in the day. I didn't know. Wow. But I think, I mean, what do you guys think about that, man? You think it's easy to, like, you know, uh, I don't know, kind of not point fingers, but explain the situation without you actually having firsthand knowledge of it? Uh, I don't know. Like, why do people think they, they can speak about certain topics if you haven't lived that lifestyle? Oh, well, um, one, because society tells them that they have a say. So you Mm -hmm. you got people that talk about, for instance, Muslims. Man, you don't know. They're they're taught to kill Americans and go after people, and and they beat their women to death. And look, man, if you're not a Muslim, if you don't practice the Islamic faith, then shut up because you don't know. You're just regurgitating what you're hearing from other people. Until you meet somebody – that actually practices, you know, and and they teach you about what they do, then you can say it. But other than that, don't don't listen to the news or to people on Facebook saying what they think they know about something when it's absolutely false. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think do you think that's what we do here in America or just in society in general? Like, I mean, pretty much it's all based off hearsay, man. Everything we do is is hearsay for the most part. Yeah, that's it is. true. Everything is hearsay for sure. I mean, if you don't experience something, I don't think you know about something. You shouldn't be talking about it, period. It is what it is. Right. And I was just, the only reason I brought this up, man, I was watching some little clip, man. It was a sports clip, and there's some dude, Nick Wright, and he's always on LeBron James's freaking, I don't know, he just loves LeBron James, man. But he's literally talking to, you remember Jim Jackson from the Mavericks back in the day? Yeah. Uh Yeah, well, he he was saying that, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan are way better than LeBron James just because he's played with all three of them and he knows the level that Jordan and Kobe can bring, you know? And LeBron kind of relaxes sometimes and lets you off the hook, man. He doesn't have that killer mindset or mindset. And like Nick Wright is like literally like just, he's just stating like facts and shit like that, man. But the dude is like, Listen, 
I played with these guys, like, you know what I'm saying? And he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't understanding, like, the dude literally played with these guys. I think he knows more than you just stating stats, man. Right. Like, he knows. He suited up and played against Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and he thinks those two are better. No. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just a weird concept, man. That uh, that's what we tend to do, man. Is is think we know, man, when we have no idea. Yeah, I think people don't know shit. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> right? America, America. America. we don't, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. If if you, if you guys would have been a fly on the wall. This Facebook debate I had yesterday and today, I, I swear, man, he, he would die. The dude literally said, people are buying Hennessy and cigarettes with an EBT card. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, like you can't you can't be serious, man. He's like, yeah, they come in, you know, they're going to buy a Jordan and stuff like that while they're on welfare and stuff like that. Like, first of all, how the fuck do you know where their money coming from? Why are you chasing people around when you think they're on welfare and seeing what they're buying? That's the type of shit. That America is known for, and it's pretty much giving us a bad name. If it's not you, uh-huh. not your life, mind your fucking business. If somebody getting eight hundred bucks in EBT because they got ten kids, oh fucking well. You complain to yeah, the you don't even know what they struggle with, right? Exactly. You complain to those people about it. Complain to them saying, "Hey, how can they get more than I do?" And this and that. Like that's how you do it. Don't complain to the people that's benefiting from the program, and then want to say. Well, people are abusing it. Well, of course they are. A lot of people. You know, I heard program. the, I heard the biggest thing, and this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But it's kind of correlation when people say, "Oh, don't complain about the president if you didn't, you know, you didn't vote or you chose him." Like, nigga, one vote ain't gonna change the entire presidency. Right. So unless you're right. The point is, I mean, yeah, we need to vote, <laughs> but you can't say that my vote is the reason why the damn president is the damn president. That makes right. no sense. So, right. I mean, I don't know no person that lost by one. <laughs> no. No, and it was your account or your vote that made him lose, you know? Right. Exactly. Right. I but, yeah, no. I mean, no. I mean, I agree, man. I'll let you talk about the uh, – I, I wasn't able to to uh, view the uh, post, man. I was trying my hardest to try to see what was going on. Yeah, man, I know. But... I tagged I tag y'all. I tagged y'all two or three times, but I think that another dude's got like a setting on it where he can't do it. <clears throat> but it was not, it, it went from almost an intelligent debate, and this went way downhill, man. I mean, it went downhill real fast because the first thing people do, man, is start throwing racial slurs out. Dude mm-hmm. thought, <laughs> one, he thought I was from Minot, right? He lived in St. Paul, Minnesota. He's saying, like, you live in Minot. You don't know anything about inner cities. And you don't see people coming to the stores every day using EBT cars when I work 40 hours a week and I can't afford what they're buying. I'm like, what are you looking at them buying from the gas station that you can't afford, that you work at? So they're like Hennessy and smokes. I don't know what fucking gas station you work at, but y'all got Hennessy at gas station in St. Paul? Like, I'm on the way. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? But then right. you know, it, it gets down that to the – the root of the root of the problem, man. He was mad that black people use EBT, like the black people that he see in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can't be mad at that. Why are you mad? Well, because my hard earned tax money. No, it's not. <laughs> you you might pay two bucks out of the month for the welfare program as a whole. I guarantee none of them cents with Tory. Any of them niggas that came in and bought Hennessy and Jordans and cigarettes with an EBT card. I don't know what kind of EBT card they got, but it's a Super Saiyan card. They can buy everything, and I want one. But it's the platinum one, the black card, I think. Oh, the black EBT card? Yeah. The, yeah. One, <laughs> the one that gains interest. I need one of those. For real. Yeah, I need, I need you can two. buy everything. What? Yeah, and I told him, I said, look, man, I'm from Detroit. You know? <laughs> I'm from Detroit, and I'm from Minot. I was in the military. That's how I got up here. Oh, well, you're in the military, so how would you know anything about it if you were on a military base for 10 years? Like, you don't understand. Right, right, and there's families. Base. Yeah, there's families in the military that use EBT. Right, and, and they qualify for it. And they qualify. That's say, the problem. 
is you qualify. You're a working person, man, like hardworking, full-time employee, and you qualify for assistance. That's the problem. Right. And he said, um, <laughs> what, what, what did he say about the uh, – oh, he said he was in the military too, that he, he used to be. And oh, I was like, what would you do? Because I, I don't think you served, no. dog. He, I, said, I said, did you work in the cafeteria, like one of the special workers? Because that's what you sound like. Probably. <laughs> he had to, because that's the thing is like you got out, you know, went to school, got your degree, man. He's working at the gas station. Of course, he's gonna get mad at everything, you know. He's mad at the world. Right. All right. So, and I just got so my my friend that's online. He said you teach people buying steak and lobster that he can't afford. <laughs> now, Bruh. listen. If you if somebody. Say I got 237 bucks at EBT, and I go to Walmart, and I buy a steak, and I buy some oh. vegetables, right? mm-hmm. buy some shrimp. You know, you, you, you're telling me that you can't afford that. And he's listening. It's one of my like, closest friends. Like, dude, you can afford this stuff. Steak ain't the most expensive thing at Walmart, nor is lobster. So why are Walmart people putting steak, you got a problem anyway. First of all, Walmart thing ain't that bad, okay? All right. Put your rich ass. Well, hold on one second. I'm gonna. We got another uh, person calling in. One second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I think you're live on the Jet Show. Hello. Oh, there's the wife. Hi, it's me, up, baby. Your wife. <laughs> hey. It's uh. I can't get into the um to the room. He locked me out, so I got to call. Okay, what? <laughs> he locked me out with the kids, so I have to call in. Yeah, what's up, babe? What do you need? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to Yeah. I'm here to see you guys. Wait, is this, Melissa, is this you? Yeah, Melissa. Melissa. Well, hey, Melissa. Oh. Welcome to the oh. Jet Show. <laughs> hey, hold up. We got another. We got another caller, man. We're uh, the, it's oh, lighting up here tonight. Call. It's it's lighting up tonight. Hold on. All right, welcome to the Jet Show. What's happening? It's the Mac Man. There How we doing, fellas? And, and Mac ladies. Man, what's up? Hey. What's up, brother? What's up, man? What's Mac? What's up, Macaroni? Not much, man. Not much. Troy, you need to get at me when you want beats, man. I know you're. I know you're rapping. You need to get at me. Beats. Beats from the streets. Beats. Bro. Beats for the streets. Oh yeah, I got the. I got that heat, man. Got to get at me, but that's enough promotion for that. Um, what you talking about right now? I just got off of work. Oh, go ahead, Evan. We were. Uh, I don't know. We went right back to the. Uh, the. Uh... Oh yeah, the, the, the hot topic about welfare and uh, EBT and stuff like that. Right. So I'm. I'm um. I'm wondering, you know, how people can't or saying that people on EBT can afford steak and lobster, right? And this is this is the common the the common uh, narrative. You can afford steak and lobster, but I work this and that and this, and I can't afford that. Um, a steak at Walmart, a, a nice one, nine ten bucks, twelve bucks maybe. Lobster, I, I don't buy lobster from Walmart. I don't buy lobster, period, really. But I don't ever see them on EBT. Walking in the Walmart and leaving with a basket full of steak and lobsters. Um, I don't. I don't think EBT <laughs> supports that many people in that way with that much money. If they want to spend two hundred dollars on steak and lobster to feed their feed their families for one week, then that's that's poor planning. It's poor, it's poor management. But a, a forty hour a week regular job, no EBT, no assistance working person, you can afford a steak. You can afford a lobster. You ain't got a lot of me. First of all, if you can't afford a Walmart steak, we got a problem in the first place. Fuck an EBT card. <laughs> Which is like $3.95. You got to worry about somebody else's card. But we get back to the point, though. Who's to say what you can and can't buy? You know, your EBT says you got 250 bucks. That's yours. Do what the fuck you want to do. And can't nobody say shit to you about it. There you go. Exactly. You know, I just want to say that... Uh that um, John and I were talking about this earlier, and we were saying that, you know, America's built on, like, Christianity, right, pretty much? Right. For the most part. Mm-hmm. So 
if people really are Christians, they should care what people get. They should just give and not expect anything in return. It doesn't matter what they do with the money. It doesn't matter what they do. Whatever they get, that's on them, and that's between them and God. So if you just want to give, just do it. And honestly, like, people just need to mind the business. It's getting real, like, annoying how people okay. just constantly into everybody's business, what they got, what they don't got, what, you know, it's just people need people bored, I guess. I don't know. I agree with it. I think they hating that they can't get states in uh, Tennessee by the next person. I'm about to go outside yeah. right now and find somebody with EBT card. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm really about that life. Hey, what do you think, Romy? What do you think, man? Yes, sir. Uh, um, <laughs> EBT cards. Well, um, I don't know much to. I don't know too much about that. But listening to you guys, uh, you know, I mean, if whatever whatever's allotted on the card, I should yeah, I should be able to buy whatever the fuck I want to get with it. I mean, probably my priorities are my priorities. Really, what it boils down to. But at the same token. I'm not able to be like, oh, man, you know, I'm not able to do that. You know, I'm not able to get this because I spent all my money on, you know, steak and lobster when, you know, I could have bought something else, bought in bulk, and then, you know, spread it out throughout, you know, the week. You know what I'm saying? But, um, and, you know, I mean, it's just, this is one of those, it's one of those things, man. Who who decides what uh, what's worth it, you know what I'm saying, with money? I mean, ideally, you would want to get something to last you a little bit longer than what, than, than just for the moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, like make a impulse buy. But mm-hmm. I feel that, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> whatever you want to do with your, with your money, that's your, it's your business. I wouldn't want anybody telling me what to do with mine. But again, yeah, at, the same, at the same time. Go, go ahead, go ahead, society where people don't know like how to, how to um, balance, their budget or balance money or be good with money. So if you have a family, like, you know, y'all were talking about earlier, where generation of just, like, bad choices, you know, and just not living right and things like that, and they go out and they get an EBT card, and they, it's not necessarily abuse it, but that's their lifestyle. You can't get mad. Sorry, the kids. You can't get mad at other people's lifestyle, and that's how they choose to live. And you want them to live like you? Or you want them to live more humble exactly. and like just get like what, like beans and rice and ground turkey, you know? Or, or you feel People that don't live like you that. work and pay taxes. Or, or you feel that since you work and pay taxes that you have a say in where, you know, these people can go shop and eat and whatever. Now this whole this whole thing about self reliance and individualism. That's great, you know. Like, of course, people want to do what they can without getting help. Yes, that's understandable. But case in point, during the depression, that's when all this stuff came about. So depression kicked, and nobody had work, nobody had money. The economy was all messed up. People still had to live. So programs like that by um, uh, Roosevelt, that's where those programs came from. It had nothing to do with race. It has something to do with the working class people who couldn't work, so they needed work relief. So that's where welfare program came in. Now, we had another depression in 2008. You know, people lost a lot of jobs. You can't say, well, you know, you guys are on EBT, just go get a job. Well, I'm pretty sure people are trying to get jobs. But what would you do? Would you rather go and work, and if you got a child, you pay half your check in child care, and now you ain't got nothing to live off of? This is where the assistance comes in. So right. if you call it a business system when somebody says, you know, a smart decision would be to stay home, take care of the kids, and get help by the government rather than going and working and having to pay for child care or something like that and just work just to pay for child care. Or, and, then, mm-hmm. and then you live below substantial needs. That, that, that's, that's bull crap. It's, right. Everybody's got a right to live happily, one, and they ain't got nothing to do with how well you work or your money management or the choices you make. Sometimes that stuff is inevitable. You can't, you can't get around it. The, the economy or the system may be flawed and messed up or you just can't get where you want to go. So you need help. And that's okay. Help is there. Right. And what I'm saying is at a time like that, uh, like there are corporations that prey on other people's downfall. So 
of course, uh, you know, a gas station might open up their business to EBT because they're getting money from EBT. Why wouldn't you? Right. You know, right. I mean, corporations and, and people who make money prey on poor people all the time, man. So with any program that sprouts up, you know, it's the poor people are making poor. Right. <laughs> I mean, how or, are they getting these things? I mean, you know, I don't know if people were abusing it like that and stuff like that, man. And I mean, I, I don't know. It just it's crazy, man. I don't I don't see why there's a concern about what poor people do so much, man, when. The disparity between the rich and the poor, man, it's it's crazy. Right. Yeah. You know? I think everybody everybody can find something to be mad about. So. Oh, for sure, man. I think we're all, like, pointing fingers at each other, man, and, you know, we can't all come together and, and really know who's fucking us over, man. That, that's, that's my thing. I don't know. Yeah. True. Class warfare. That's what it is. It's it class is. warfare. I mean, you just got to be, exactly, you just got to be a little notch above the next man, you know, to feel good about yourself. Yeah. Most people, like I said, I don't think there's no answer for it. People just find something to hate on. They ain't got nothing to do. They should mind their business. And that's it. Right. It's true. Well, let me, uh. For every debate. Right. And like I said, man, this show is just, you know, it's. It's open to anybody calling in, man. We we don't, you know, hate on your opinion or, you know, disagreement, man, is is pretty much what's needed because if we talked about what we enjoy or like, the show would be pretty boring, man. Right. But, you know, pretty much a, I get most of my material from Josh, so we need Josh to call in. Come on, Josh. <laughs> He's my boy, man. Josh is the boy. Is he scared to call in? <laughs> you already forced your wife out the room to call in, so. Right. I had to lock her out, man. Oh, that was pretty, uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> no, listen, man. Mariah, she's, uh, she's only two, man. She's, she's off the chain. She, uh, what was it, yesterday, man, she was real quiet. And you know kids, man, when they're quiet. You know, they're up to no good. And uh, she had the uh, scissors, man, and she cut off, like, of a huge chunk of her hair, man. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Oh, damn, Britney Spears, man. Turn that shit <laughs> off around her. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think we can uh, segue into the next topic. Troy, you uh, you uh, pretty much texted us to me the other day, man, but we were talking about the media. I forgot. And, that. Uh, that was, like, three years ago. I know, man. But you were you were saying that the media, you know, they amplify the uh tragedies, man, like, you know, a shooting or mass shooting like that. You know, do they the amount of coverage that they give to us on the topic, man, do they make copycat, you know, related events? Like do people wanna outdo the last mass shooter? I think I think that's what people try to do all the time. Mhm. And uh, if you look at the school shooting, for instance, people uh, see something and they want attention. What they stated last time was that um, people obviously seek to gain attention and the media draws in on something such as like music, for instance. And in order to get attention, you got to do some bad shit. It is what it is. So people try to trump the other person and make their life, you know, well, make their situation uh, worse than what the other person's was, and then they ended up basically making the massacre. Like what happened? There's no really justification for what I was gonna say, but I'm just saying people usually just copycat solely based off the fact that. Oh shit! Hold on one second. Oh, people usually basically uh, copycat situations, and I don't know. They just do what they do. <laughs> All right. All right, Evan. Yeah, I mean, there's really no point to it. I mean, I just said it last time because it, it was what? a nasty where, where is he at right now? Who? You. I don't know. <laughs> I'm lost in Planet Apes. I don't know. Go ahead, man. It's open to anybody. Anybody can uh, 
basically what I why is there a copycat? What you're saying? What, what's the real question here? I'm trying to figure out what you, what's the question. What's the question you asking? What's the question? What's the question? No, I'm saying, does the media coverage allow for copycats to come out, man? Like, do they try to outdo oh, the last? Right. That's basically what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. wouldn't? Just like they got club shootings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody would think of doing crazy mess like that unless they didn't see it on the media. Unless they, it seems the media didn't cover a story like that, then it wouldn't be as bad as it would be. You know, people would just live their lives doing regular shit instead of trying to be on the damn news. Essentially, that's all I'm saying. True that. I mean, we, the media, one, and us, we do sensationalize things, you know, and it becomes a, uh, it's no longer horrible and terrible to see. Now it's entertainment. You know, and over the last, um, I want to say five, ten years, I've seen more videos of people getting killed and, you know, stabbed and shot, uh, mauled by animals and stuff like that than, than ever. And at first, that was something you never want to see. That's something to make you cringe. But now, it's entertainment, you know? Every video you see on Facebook now, somebody getting shot or beat up and stuff like that. And I think it is going to lead to the the, de- the desensitizing of our country to where shit like that is just going to be normal. So instead of trying right. to help somebody, we're going to put on our phones <laughs> and record it. Right. And I don't know if you guys remember, right. like, back in the day, man. Remember uh, those, uh, what was that show called, man? Like, Faces of Death? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Faces of Death. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, Faces of Death. And, like, it was on VHS, man. And I remember, like, getting it. And it, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to, like, watch even one of the scenes, man. It was, like, so crazy, you know. And now it's, like, you get this shit 24-7 on, you know, I don't know, just a daily dose of it, man. And like you said, we see too much of it that we become desensitized to pretty much anything. Remember, I think uh, I think it was Dave Chappelle, man. His last episode, he was like, remember he was talking about the Challenger? You know, being at school, man, and they rolled the TV out and they saw the Challenger blow up? Yeah. And it was like a, you know, and then they actually like, went home early from school, man. It was like, now there's a mass shooting and people go to school the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, the world, yeah, the world we live in, they're desensitizing us, um, for sure, um, to these, to these things. And, you know, we go through the same, you know, they got that meme, it's, you know, that post that comes out there, shows like a cycle where things happen. We put pray for whoever, um, we go back and forth. I'm saying, you know, one one side says, you know, um, we need to we need to attack gun laws. One side one side says one side's trying to protect, you know, the right to bear arms. And then, you know, um, we're back in the same, you know, couple you know couple weeks go by, and then another one happens. News coverage, we run the same thing again. Um, you know, it's just a matter of uh, I want to say putting priority. Let's put priority on on human lives over, um, over, over other, other stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mm-hmm. think I, whatever, well, just put the focus where it needs really where it needs to be, you know, to get whatever, you know, fixed. And we talked about that before around the previous weeks, you know, after the incidents about, you know, who should like, I don't think I should be able to just go and just get an AR 15 just for the sake of saying, I want, I want this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like there should be some type of stipulation as to why they why do I need it? You know, that's right. just, that's just me. And think about, I don't like... I think being uh, guns is a problem. So. No, it's not. And I think, like, the crazy thing is, like, you know, I hear a lot of people, when something happens like this and someone, a lot of people are killed, man, like, their first instinct is, like, I'm going to go out and buy as many ARs as I can because they're going to take them from us. And, like, that's your first reaction to a bunch of people getting killed yeah. is to buy a gun? Yeah. That's what happens. You know, I've seen a guy like a guy I used to work with, man. You know, I'm not to play the political party, but he's yeah, he's a Republican, and uh, and definitely a member of the NRA or or, or uh, a proponent for the for the NRA. And um, you know, like when as soon as the shooting happened, all that shit, he starts going at like how um, you know, who else was that? Who has that fault? 
like how the FBI messed up the um, I don't know the the cops messed up, and um, but the the media blames the NRA. You don't have anything on your wall about you know feeling sorry for these you know these families that have lost someone, but you got all right. this shit protecting and you know your your right to bear arms is like where <laughs> right. So the wild part is, is that you know you come off like again like um, what was it um, I believe your wife was talking about you know the Christ, like you know we we well, we come off like we're all Christian like and all that shit. I could have sworn, man, that, you know, uh, curses are supposed to be more so about people than they are about, you know, uh, I would say weaponry or whatever. Right. But in, but it's so funny, just like you're Christian up until somebody wants to take some shit that you like, really is mm-hmm. what, it, what it boils down to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, hold on, hold on now. Wait, wait, you know, we love people, but uh, damn it, you're not taking my gun. So, you know, I... You know, if if another if another ten people die, that's fine. You're not taking you know you're not taking my gun away from me. So, All right. No, yeah. hey, I I'm glad you touched on that part because that's the last actually the last topic of the show tonight mm-hmm. is a uh, do you guys feel like society lacks empathy? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, that's that's why you need Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson would have had a song about this shit, man, and based like oh, three hundred million dollars. I heard Michael Jackson yeah. still alive, man. He got cloned, man. He's still doing a little walk over there. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need Michael. We need that Michael. We need that Michael track. You can talk to him, talk real Bruno softly Mars, about it. Michael Jackson, man. Um, well, I don't, I, well not, not at all. Not, 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 not in the, like, oh, are we, are we allowed to get on the Bruno Mars thing? Are you yeah, go ahead. On this <laughs> Because okay. no, uh, there's this uh, there's a, a group, uh, you know, in the black community that's upset, talking about Bruno is culture appropriate, uh, uh, whatever, you know, don't fuck I'm saying, called culture appropriation or whatever. Like, yeah. huh. get the fuck, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, for real. What? Bruno has given, Bruno has given, you know, um, you know, credit to he's, he's the one that came out and said in the magazine that all music, you know, like is black music or whatever. You know, he's the one that said that statement. So, you know, it's like his the group where he comes from is not getting over on you. That's really what culture appropriation is. You know what I mean? So that's why you you look at like a, a Justin Timberlake or a Fergie or Adele. You know, they're uh, you know, but you know, I would no, no, really no, no, say like. You know what I'm saying? But Fergie. it is what it is. Oh man. We're right back on the Fergie train, huh? You know it, man. Oh, Mix with Fergie karaoke. Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that train crashed, man. That train crashed. Oh, my. Man. With the karaoke machine. What is she doing, man? Is she I heard she was in the studio. Man, she was in karaoke last night with me. Yeah, she might have been here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's an award right there, man. Again, when y'all hand awards out for line of the year, y'all got to give that shit to Evan for that one. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> she was making karaoke. There's no way to make that shit up, man. So you don't believe that Bruno Mars is do Michael Jackson? That's all I'm saying. Uh, not me. Not me. Not me. I mean, he, he can't moonwalking with a tight pants with PG, but, you know. He he got to go. I mean, so I... Like I said, I give him like that James. I give him that James Brown uh, title more so than than Michael. Yeah, like a like a a heal the world or we are the world, something with world in it. Maybe we can give him, you know, that Michael Jackson title. I think Bruno Mars is a fucking genius. Uh, I don't know how people couldn't like him if they don't like the music, whatever, but. Dude is uh, the dude is talented. Dude is very very talented. Very mm-hmm. so, almost as talented as you. Like I, I, I would go to the concert. I'm gonna go to the concert. Hold on, let, let, let's get into it. Dylan. Dylan, yo, Dylan <laughs> is probably top five. Oh yeah. What you want to say, Jay? No, nah, I forgot now. Uh, what was it? No, let's talk about the beats, man. Let's get some beats over to Troy, Romy. Oh, he his Romy his call dropped, man. Yeah, with the beats, man. But we're gonna. I think we're gonna do a. Uh, we gotta do one of these motivational Mondays again, man. 
I'm down. Yeah, yeah, I'm we gotta get. Brown. Right, I'm gonna get my uh, one of my friends, man, from school, man. Uh, I reach out to him, and he said he's down this month. He's got some music, and he's got a pretty cool story to tell, man. And uh, it's better to interview people. At least we get some more interaction with with some, uh, you know. I got somebody. Yeah, I know. But it's definitely, I mean, I'll let you guys, what do you guys think about the show, man? Is it getting better? I think we're doing better as far as actually we're, we're still making off. Right? Yeah, we're still alive. We got like two minutes left. Yeah, we can talk about this. I'm still walking around, you know, <laughs> being alive, you know, that's what we do around here. <laughs> we're in Chicago on hurry, you know, so we are good. Mm-hmm. No, it's good, man. We're in Flint, like, for real. Like I've seen, you know, you can keep track of the numbers and stuff on this website. And as long as we're consistent, like every week, it seems like it's, it's picking up, you know, people following and listening. As long as you don't bring up shit I brought up two weeks ago, we'd be all right. I was lost to the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, yeah. Dude. So about, I was like, uh, about oh, that three oh, week boy. thing. Um, <laughs> Three weeks ago when I talked about the situation, it was relevant. But now, man. I don't know why the hell John brought this up. Dude, it's part of the, uh, I'm just reading off the info, man, on the episode. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I don't know where you're at. I was like, where is he going right now? I mean, I was going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Eventually. all right. He's back. We'll let, uh, we'll let Romy. Well, let Mr. Matt close out the show, man. We got a minute and 45 seconds left. Oh, oh, awesome, man. Well, you know, for, for listeners, man, I hope you guys are enjoying the show, man. These guys are great, you know, great topics. Um, and if you are listening, be sure to share the shit, man. Don't be too much of a – you share everything else on Facebook, man. Share, share Help out your people. Support your own, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm right, not, right, the, right. not the yelling listeners, but, you know, it don't, it don't take much. <laughs> To, uh, it takes three seconds out of the day to hit share when um when when John posts when Phillips posts something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Troy posts something, uh, you know Evan posts something, or I post something. Just you know hit share, help your folks out, and get the get the word out, and you know we can have a bigger conversation on a you know on a greater scale, whatever yeah. social media platform you got. Do that, but um, yes, let's yeah, grow, man. We, we got to grow together, all of us. Just share, man. Yeah. everybody share. And then Cheryl, if you're listening, Definitely. you gotta share. <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get the other boy, man. We gotta get him to share. I'm gonna do No, we need to make we need to make T shirts, we gotta do everything, man, and get Cheryl to call in in one of these shows. Share an episode, do I something. Know if we hit the lottery, they're gonna want their hand in the cookie giant. Oh no. Anybody who never shared my show, once we make it <laughs> we're gonna be in spiteful. Yep. You don't share my show, you ain't here. S-H-I. But, yeah, man. Hey, good night, guys. We've got about 15 seconds. You have a fabulous night. I'm out. All right. Good night. All right. All right. All right, have a good night.